Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, Smoke, good news. We've located NASCAR George. He's all right. I know. I I wanted to at least get that out there as soon as possible. I don't know if he just is all NASCAR all the time now, but uh, AC, one of our great listeners, also happens to be my insurance agent, and I think Max, too. Uh, maybe Hoggard as well. I think I think AC represents all of us here at WFNZ. Uh, he's all of our insurance agents. But he, he reached out and he said, you asked, I delivered. And he has made sure to locate the whereabouts and the well-being of NASCAR George. So he's doing all right. Hopefully this uh, APB reaches him. Who knows? Maybe NASCAR George just, you know, quit all the other sports and focuses full-time on NASCAR now. Not sure, but he's doing all right. That's all we care about. And we appreciate everybody out there hitting up the text line, 704-570-9610, the FanDuel text line, that is. Um, There is a question that is still soliciting or eliciting some responses on the text line right now. We got to talking about Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods and Charlie nearing 15 years old and not that long until we see him playing professionally or at least in big amateur events and, you know, wondering what's his career look like. I mean, just the pressure of having to live up to his dad, who's arguably the greatest golfer of all time, though some will still say Jack Nicklaus. And, you know, what other examples are there like that? How many examples are there of sons who, you know, went on to outperform, do better than their superstar fathers? And the emphasis has to be on superstar father. Now, I, you know, a lot of folks say Christian McCaffrey on this list. Was his dad ever a superstar? His, uh, he was good. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. All right. Now, right. one of those he won in the year that he spent in San Francisco, where I, I I don't know if he played very much or not. I mean, I think he played some. I have to go back and look. But, I mean, he won, obviously, a few more with the Denver Broncos. He was an all-pro once, made the Pro Bowl once. But, I mean, I don't think that qualifies as, as superstar. And I think Roger the Irishman said Christian McCaffrey's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. So... You know, it's probably trending in that direction that he adds his name to the list. Uh, Somebody said Prince Fielder and Cecil Fielder. I got to check the stats on Cecil versus Prince. (laughs) They ended up exactly the same. I I thought it was close. Same exact home runs. That's right. They did. I forgot that. That I did know. (laughs) That's one of the craziest stats ever. That's right. They did. So Cecil and Prince. Oh, you'll like this one. Um, Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) I mean. I'm going to argue with that one. uh, There's never been a. I don't know what the. The number of world championship and intercontinental titles look like. Well, it's well, that's not the way to do it. But like Dusty Rhodes is still going to be one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time. Cody though is likely going to win the main event of WrestleMania. So I, in his own right, I think there could be a claim to that. But also, wrestling is a completely different thing. Uh, what well, then again, Dusty could draw, especially in this area, uh, this territory, the Florida territories and got over in the WWF even in his mid-40s. Cody has gotten over to the point where he started a whole entire different company. I mean, it's crazy, but and it's not completely over yet because Cody's technically in his prime. Uh, that's not as crazy as you think, Kyle. Okay. Well, I, I just I don't think there's a better personality. And, oh, no, and wrestling's, no. wrestling's all about personality, right? It's all That's what these guys are, their personalities. There's never been a better personality than Dusty Rhodes, ever, in my mind. There have been some great ones. Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, we keep going down the list, but, like, there's never been a better personality than Dusty Rhodes. Have you seen his three-point shot, too? No. 
Look it up. There was a game here in Charlotte in 87 with the NWA wrestlers and uh, I believe the police and fire departments got a pretty good shot too. That's true. That's true. Uh, last thing on this, 980 number said, Charlie's great, but Tiger's not Earl. And Earl played a big part in, in Tiger being Tiger. I like that take. Uh, there's no way that Tiger, you know, does pushes Charlie the way that Earl pushed him. There's no And last, I, I want to sneak this one in too. Sam DeMann hit me with a great one. He said Layla Ali and Muhammad Ali. And he points out that Layla was undefeated. And of course, her dad was the best ever. I, I, I like that one. I think that belongs on the list. Chase Elliott's coming in and you know, so on and so forth. So I think there's some good stuff on the text line. Like what examples are there of, of sons of superstar athletes ascending beyond their father's career? 704-570-9610. And we'll say daughters as well, because I like the Layla Ali uh, example right there too. Let's go to Smoke with the best audio in sports. What did you say? You what? What did you say? Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. What did I hear you say? What I mean by that is... All right, what you got over there? All right, last night was a big night for the ACC, despite having not that many games being played, as NC State's comeback versus Syracuse came up short. On And at Wake last night, the Demon Deacons left the floodgates open for the Pitt Panthers as they demolished Pitt. And after the loss, Jeff Capel let it be known that people need to put some respect on this conference. Mm. What bothers me when our league is not respected and when people are talking about Wake Forest or us or Clemson or Virginia, these teams I know that are really, really good, like that bothers me. You know, our league is really good. We have outstanding teams, really good players, really good coaches. We've proven in the past that our league is deserving. Um, with what we've done in the tournament, what we've gotten there, the teams that have gotten there, um, they defy every metric that's out there. So, yeah, it bothers me. Wake Forest is a very good team. Um, you know, hats off to Steve and his staff. They, you know, are coming off of two losses uh, on the road, two tough losses um, at two places that are very tough to win. Um, but they showed a lot of resilience, a lot of resolve, and came out and played outstanding tonight. Whooped them. I mean, just whooped them. 91 to 58. Wake put it on pit last night. Now, Smoke, let's do our, our daily check. You ready for this? Let's do our daily check of the net ratings and Ken Palm. You're, have you checked Wake Forest today, Smoke? Do you know where they are? Uh, now they are 26. 26 in the net rating? Yeah. They are 21 in Ken Palm. Where does Lenardi have them? First four out. <laughs> Hey, 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 he still has Pitt next four out, though, Kyle. Pitt's at least uh, made it to next four out. Yeah, the bracketology industrial complex, at ESPN especially. Like just, you can't justify this crap. You can't. And, like, the writers that stump for this, I just, what are you doing? What are you doing? Good news, though. Wake actually has a quad one win now. It wasn't against Pitt. If they would have won against Pitt on the road, that would have been a quad one win. But now Florida, which they beat in non-conference play, which is also a bubble team, who's in, by the way, gee, I wonder why, um, is now a quad one win. So Wake has a quad one win. But here's the thing. If they beat Duke, which I think they can, especially if it being inside to Joel. Okay. That, that is a back break. Like, that is a potential season-saving win them to make the tournament so the net ratings not been around for too long at this point but you know Hoggard pointed this out to me earlier the the highest pardon me rated net rating team from the ACC to be left out of the tournament was NC State at 33 of course NC State at 33 
So they'll do this to the ACC if they can. I just imagine Joe, Joe Lenardi, you know, with this furrowed brow on his face, just very concerned about the ACC. Very, just very concerned. While he's also thinking his head, he <laughs> screwed the ACC. 26 in net rating, 21 in Ken Palm. But Wake is in his first four out. You can't make this stuff up, folks. The anti-ACC bias is real. What else you got? Since taking over the Bucks, things have been off with Doc Rivers. And while his son Austin and J.J. Redick are going back and forth on ESPN, Doc made it seem like he didn't even want this job in the first place while being interviewed on SiriusXM yesterday. Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you... I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. Um, so why is he there? Why'd he take it? You got a pretty good TV job. You're still connected to the league. You got your title. Why'd you take it then? Um, I'm actually more interested in something that JJ said about fans that we're going to talk about here in just a bit. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but uh, well, that Milwaukee situation's a mess. What else you got? All right. Yesterday, we mentioned that Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on social media. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, he joined the St. Browns on their podcast that is Amon Ra St. Brown and Equinemius St. Brown, Notre Dame legend. Nailed it. And he explained why it should not be that big of a deal. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why are, you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears this morning now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no Mm. football. And guess what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want it to be over. Well, that's that's a garbage excuse. Um, I don't really care what he does with his social media, but... You know, to say, why does everybody play such a big deal on social media? That's like when, okay, you want to use an analogy. That's like when you like a hot chick's picture on Instagram, and then your girlfriend or your wife sees it and asks you, why are you making such a big deal about social media? Come on, bro. We know better. Go look at the rest of his follows. There's tons of football and football-centric media follows still on there. Like that, (laughs) I'm glad we're talking about this, and then proceeds to give an absolute terrible answer to it. We all get it. The Bears are thinking about, if not already decided, to move on from you. We know why. That's what it is. But the whole, oh, why is everybody making a big deal out of social media? All right, well, then go go start liking some half-naked chicks' pictures on Instagram. Let your wife or your Insta- or your girlfriend see that you've done it. And then when she comes to you and says, what what are you doing? What's going on here? Say, I want you to say, what are you making such a big deal about social media for? See how that goes for you. What else you got? All right. Well, Dana White is a very busy man, and he talks a lot about the product and basically his faults on everything. Well, last week on the Howie Mandel podcast, his interview was short, sweet, and to the point. Take a listen. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are an amazing businessman. You are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships, 
and media is uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And but Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. Well, after UFC 298 this past weekend, Dana was asked in the media scrum why he walked off the podcast so quickly. You dislike of podcasts. Is there no point anyone asking you to join those again? Yeah, please. Uh, you know where I'm at with the podcast. I feel like Jordan Peterson. Every time I turn on Instagram, I'm on a podcast. Yes. No more podcasts, please. Podcast it out. Man, I get that. My, my real question here is, do we think it was staged? It wouldn't shock me. I mean, yeah, but why are you doing that with Howie Mandel? Like that's all, the weird all, part. All do, like that's that's the problem that I have with the it was staged conspiracies. Like of all the places to stage that, of all the people to st- like Howie Mandel, I know who Howie Mandel is. But is Howie yeah. Mandel part of the, the the cultural conversation on a day to day basis with anybody under the age of thirty five ever? It doesn't match the Venn diagram of no. USC fan. Like, if honestly, if it, it was staged, it would have been more likely when he was at Radio Row with the Pat McAfee show. That would have made a whole lot more sense for him to walk out on the Pat McAfee show to cause a stir. Because a lot of people that are probably UFC fans probably watch the Pat McAfee show on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, it was weird, man. Like, and to some people, it felt like Howie was really like laying it on thick. You know, you're just an amazing businessman, a philosophizer, a leader, a this and a that. And you know, maybe that was it, or I don't know. It, maybe it was staged. It was just the whole Dana White and Howie Mandel making headlines for, for this was not on my bingo card. That's for sure. Hey, we'll come back. We'll talk a little ACC hoops, Duke, Carolina, and the rest of the Atlantic Coast Conference with Stephen Wiseman. Covers Duke and the ACC for the News and Observer next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What's up? It's Walker Mail. Join Weston Walker from 12 to 3. We'll break down the Charlotte 49ers game against Memphis and recap ACC basketball. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. cruising on a wild take wednesday afternoon by the way wild take wednesday still very much a thing you can send me yours on the FanDuel text line 704-570-9610 the FanDuel text line is up and running and really always is 704-570-9610 we'd love to hear from you uh wolfpack james says kb i've done it i like to imagine he's, he's like punching the air i've done it i tell you uh the perfect sports name for our new charlotte baseball team you ready for this the Charlotte Bobcats. James, it's it's good and terrible at the same time. It's a good text. 
It's awful, also awful for the reasons that you understand. Uh, why does this matter, you might ask? Well, if you go to ESPN.com, I think still probably, but for most of today, the front page story at ESPN.com is which cities could land MLB's next, next expansion teams. Let's examine the top options. And you, you might recognize the big cover photo. It is Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. So if you're from Charlotte, if you recognize that, you might get excited and say, oh, man, they led with Charlotte. We got to be the team they're talking about to get a new team. No, they they just pretty much mailed it in when talking about Charlotte in this uh, this profile piece. They gave you the population numbers. Uh, then they proceeded to, I, I guess they just searched Charlotte baseball and came up with, you know, Charlotte MLB Project, which is an organization that appears to have not been active for some time now. Uh, they at one point suggested Charlotte Aviators as the name of the team, which Jeff Passan and company just ran with. And uh, it's not really useful. There's not much in there that is useful, which is bothersome to someone like me who'd like to see Major League Baseball come here. But you can check it out. It did get us back into a, a conversation about baseball in Charlotte. And I have offered my assistance to Charlotte MLB Project. For whatever that's worth, if they don't want it, I won't be offended. But I'm offering the assistance of this show to get their info up to speed. We'll start courting some billionaires. We'll get, I mean, we're, we're way behind on this, by the way. We're competing with Justin Timberlake and an organized group in Nashville. But I will try my damnedest if they want my, my help on this. 704-570-9610. Feel free. They can or anybody can hit us on the FanDuel text line. Uh, we got college basketball tonight. Duke and Miami. College basketball last night. NC State falling in an important game. Wake Forest bludgeoning uh, the Pitt Panthers. Let's get to it all with Stephen Wiseman, who covers Duke and the ACC for the News and Observer. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Steve, how you been, man? Hey Kyle, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, let, let's start with you know, let's start with tonight's game. As a matter of fact, uh, Duke and Miami. Miami's reeling. They've lost four straight. Obviously, Jim Laranyaga does not have the team or the season that they'd hoped and anticipated to have down there. This feels like a game that I mean, nothing's automatic in college basketball anymore. But I mean, we're I mean, it's disaster tomorrow if Duke loses this game, right? Yeah, especially um, nothing's automatic, especially on the road in conference play. Right? We've seen a lot of upsets happen. But, uh, yeah, with Miami, the weather playing, Nigel Pack is not going to play tonight. Jim Laranega said yesterday, so that's one of their top guards. And um, so, yeah, this is a game, the way Duke's playing right now, 15 wins in the last 17 games, they need to take care of this because they got a tough one coming up on Saturday against Wake Forest. All right. Um, well, yeah, I like that. This is a game that you have to, to get through. you got to get this dub to get to Wake Forest. Seed line, Duke, as we're getting closer to the tournament, where, where do you think, are they a four seed, a five seed? Where does Duke end up here? So the committee had them at three with their release on Saturday, but they were the last three. They were number 12 overall. So any slippage, and they're going to be back on the four line. And they've had to, they've had to work some to get back up to the three line because I think after they lost to, um, to Carolina, a lot of the projections had them down maybe on the four or five line. So they have played well since then. But there's still some big wins to be had, including, again, Saturday against Wake. Then they have Virginia coming up at home and then Carolina at home before we, before we even get to the ACC tournament. So there are, there are opportunities for Duke to move up. Um, if other people lose, too, they can get back up to the two line. But they're kind of tenuous right now on the three line. Uh, have they been about what you thought they'd be so far this year? Because I've, I've heard some really interesting analysis on Duke lately. Uh, for instance, our, our buddy Paul Biancardi, he said before the season he thought they were a top 20 team, probably not much better than that. And that's kind of what they look like right now. Yeah, and they were preseason. You know, there were some people had a number one in the country, right? So, right. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, so if you 
go from that angle, this is disappointing, right? But um, I think a 20 and five record is pretty good. I think people would yeah. take that. It just said at the start of the year. Um, they got a couple of good non-conference wins, Baylor and Michigan State. Um, and heck, Charlotte was a, turned out to be a pretty good win, didn't it? So um, that, that's a good one for them. But there, there, is some, there is some work to be done here. There's some things that are a little bit concerning. Uh, they, they don't always bring it defensively like I think John Shire would like. Uh, they're a really consistent offensive team. Kyle Filipowski has not been, you know, the ACC player of the year that he was projected to be in the preseason. So um, it, he, they need him. I mean, John Shire told me this in October. We need Kyle Filipowski every night to be there every night, and that's not been the case. So if they're going to exceed where they what they've done so far, they have to get him going and get him, you know, 15, 18 points a night instead of, you know, every once in a while coming out and scoring eight or nine points. That, or I guess you can just ask for 35 from Jared McCain, right? He's apparently uh, capable of giving him that now. If he's going to do that every <laughs> night, I'll take Duke's chances. Um, he's really come on, hasn't he? He's really, he's playing like the best freshman in the ACC and, you know, one of the better ones in the country. So, um, yeah, it's hard. To, I sat there Saturday and just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing the way, you know, every shot went in the first half there. Uh, it was really amazing. And, and he, you know, he hasn't had games like that before to that degree, but he's been consistently scoring and, and you know, hitting uh, perimeter shots. And that's something that, you know, last year Duke didn't really have was a perimeter game. And so uh, that's a big thing. And when you get into March, it's all about shot making and protecting the ball. And Duke seems to do both of those pretty well. Steve Wiseman with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking Duke and the ACC here. Um, as far as the overall broad per- perception of the league goes, uh, you, you know where I'm going with this. Wake Forest, you know, blows out Pitt last night. This morning, they're 26 in the net ratings and they're 21st in Ken Palm. Yet ESPN's Joe Lenardi still has them in the first four out. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just I, talk to me. I mean, I, I sometimes I get accused of being an AC. Actually, all the time I get accused of being an ACC homer. Um, but I am not afraid to to call this out for what it is. You know, it's just infuriating to watch what amounts to these, you know, furrowed brows of these bracketologists like, oh, this ACC's trend is concerning when the real trend over the past couple of years, Stephen, appears to be that when the ACC does get to the tournament, they perform pretty well. I mean, what, what do you think of this perceived anti-ACC bias? Yeah, they, they do well. And, um, you know, it all goes to what happens in the non-conference play, right? So you come in that last year, teams had bad losses. This year, we don't really have, the ACC does not really have one of their top teams that that stubbed their toe in a, in a horrible manner in the, in the preseason, uh, you know, losing a quad three game to a non-conference team. Those those didn't happen this year. So I don't know where that's coming from, to be honest with you. Like, you know, if anybody in the, in the committee that would look at Wake Forest now with those metrics that you just rattled off, that's a team that's definitely in the field. They, they're, they're not going to even question that because that's what it's all about is the metrics and everything. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of disappointing. But, um, uh, you know, I still think all that said, you're probably looking at five teams tops, uh, which in you know, the last two years was a disappointment. Now it's kind of getting to be the norm, right? So the problem is that you got teams down lower that aren't doing enough to get to, to make themselves warrant conversation, like NC State, you know, which last night came off a great win over Clemson last Saturday. And then, you know, just kind of laid an egg in the first half and couldn't eventually overcome it with Syracuse. That knocked them back off of any conversation. Steven Wiseman with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, State loses a really tough one last night to Syracuse. And 
Um, you know, both teams are vying for a tournament spot. Both teams are, are right there. I think now State is, what, 8-7 and seven in the ACC. Syracuse improved to 8-8 eight and eight last night. So, you know, they're jostling for position. They're all fighting for bids here. But specific to NC State, give me your view on, you know, where they are right now at this point in the season. And what do you think it looks like next year? You know, they're just so inconsistent. And um, I, I like the fight they show. Uh, to come back, again, the Clemson game, they were down double digits on the road in the second half to a Clemson team that's going to the tournament this year. And they came back and beat them. And D.J. Horn carried into that win. But then they come out at home, and they're down 15 at halftime to Syracuse, and which just had just lost to Georgia Tech after beating Carolina the week before. <laughs> so, again, we're talking about inconsistency of the, these teams that are down in the middle to lower part of the conference. That's what's hurting it. But specifically the state, um, you know, they're going to have a decision to make here in the offseason if – if they're happy with the direction the program's going with Kevin Keats. He made the tournament last year. It doesn't appear he's going to make it this year. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to do a lot, a lot of winning from now through the middle of March to get back in. Um, and so, um, you know, Boo Corrigan, the, the AD, just got a new contract. So he's, he's set in his – he's comfortable. And we'll see if he decides he wants to make a change or uh, if he wants to ride it out one more year with Kevin Keats, who has shown to be pretty good at, like, recycling a team and – you know, they're they're competitive. They're not they're not a team that's like at the end of the Godfrey era when they were, you know, uh, losing at, at the bottom of the conference. That's not happening at least. Uh, Stephen Carolina's going to JPJ to John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville on Saturday. They, they'll have had a week off since beating Virginia Tech last weekend. Just had Coach Matt Darty in studio about an hour ago, and he said that really really concerns him. Uh, you factor in that Virginia just got bludgeoned on the road at Virginia Tech by 34 points on Monday. Any concern about Carolina going to Charlottesville on Saturday? I mean, I think the the, the break is good for them. They haven't had this. Everybody, every other team in the league has had this. Well, they didn't have a midweek game, and they got some time to work on themselves. And usually teams come out of that and play pretty well. So I have a feeling that they're going to be okay. It's just a matter of what, what kind of Virginia team they face because the Virginia team that played the last two games has been just awful on offense. and. Um, Carolina's been a good defensive team, and so I would think they'd be able to shut them down. But again, Tony Bennett's going to have going to have them ready on Saturday, and, and Charlottesville's been a tough place for Carolina to play as of late. So um, I, I do like Carolina in that game, but I don't feel really great about it. I hear you. Um, have you? I, I know you're busy covering the ACC, but you pay attention to college basketball. You know, here in Charlotte, the 49ers are having a heck of a year under Aaron Fern yeah. as the first-time head coach. But you go further west up the mountain, and App State. My goodness, I, I mean, they've won three straight. They've got old ODU tomorrow night. They're atop the, the Sunbelt Conference right now. They already have a win over Auburn under their belts. I mean, App State seems like a team that could be mighty dangerous come tournament time. What do you think of those guys? Yeah, and that win over Auburn will, will help them at seeding time if they win the if they win the conference. And they'll be, you know, instead of maybe being a, a 15 or a 14, maybe they'll be a 13 or a 12. And that makes a big difference in who you're playing. We see a lot of 12-5 upsets, right? We see a lot of, four, you know, uh, 13-4 upsets even, and uh, that's possible. And so they, that's just a great story that's happened up there with App State basketball because they were completely off the map as far as the college basketball world for a long, long time. And it's nice to see them getting back up there and after going to the tournament the first time in a long time a couple of years ago, kind of getting it going again. No doubt, man. And that's the thing. I mean, Dustin Kearns has done a great job, but to come back closer to home, like I mentioned a second ago, how about the job that Aaron Fern has done there? I mean, an Aussie, a, a guy from Australia who took over when Ron Sanchez left at a very awkward time in the offseason. Nobody expected anything. And, and they're packing Halton Arena out for home games for the first time since Bobby Lutz was there. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to see that. 
you know, they did come up and play Duke um, in December. Yep. And, you know, Duke, Duke won it pretty, Duke won it pretty handily. But I remember thinking, you know, they had a pretty good, they had a decent record that time coming into that game. And I, I saw some things that I liked about them. And, um, and here they are, you know, competing with Florida Atlantic. It was in the final four last year for the conference championship. So good for them, especially that, that story that the coach coming in, you know, after Sanchez left in the off season, an awkward time, you can't really, it's hard to build a roster at that point, right? It's, you're kind of just doing what you can do and uh, hand to mouth kind of deal, but he got it done and uh, good for him. Good story. No doubt. And it's, it's impossible to root against a team with a guy named Igor, not only on the roster, but in the rotation. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Stephen Wiseman, news and observer covers Duke and the ACC and uh, look, college basketball at, at, at large. He does a great job and we love catching up brother. Thank you for the time. Okay, Kyle. Thanks a lot. Take care. There you go. Appreciate you. Stephen Wiseman with us on the body works plus. Guest hotline, 704-570-9610. Uh, texter's blowing us up right now. <laughs> somebody, somebody, a texter wrote in and said, and Asheville whooped App's ass by 13. Put some respect on Pember's name. All right, you got it. You- I, I mean, it's been a great year for college basketball in the state. App has had arguably the best year, at least since the Buzz Peterson years, if not better. Uh, you've got Charlotte having some life reinvigorated back into the program. UNC Greensboro is really good. How long's Mike Morrell been up there in Asheville? I think it's been a, a minute. It's been about four or five years, yeah, right? I, not like forever, but like it's been well enough. No, he's becoming one of the longer tenured head coaches yeah. in the state, especially right? in the group of five. Yeah, I mean, heck, he's, been, he's in his sixth year, a half dozen years yeah. already. I mean, I, I you know you joke with me, but like Western's been having one of their better years in a while with Justin Gray in year three. Yeah. By the way, they got a big matchup against the uh, Spartans tonight. UNC Greensboro, that could be massive factor in seeding for the SOCON tournament. Uh, tune into that after our show. Um, <laughs> go Cats. Yeah. Uh, also, ECU. They've won seven conference games for the first time since joining the American Conference this year. They're above 500. When's the last time we talked about ECU basketball just being average? It's been a while, right? Yeah. It's been a while. So uh, things are cooking college basketball-wise in the state of North Carolina. <laughs> and that doesn't even mention what's going on in South Carolina with South Carolina and Clemson, even though Clemson fans hate Brad Brownell. Yeah, I hear you. By the way, uh, North Carolina Central, somebody mentioned them on the text yep. line a minute ago. Nah, they're okay this year. 13-11, and 5-4 and four in conference. But they usually get yeah, they usually get going in conference play over the years. That's what it's been the name of the game for them. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's go to smoke on the headlines. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, keeping things local somewhat, we finally got the ratings for the running of the, uh, the, running of the Daytona 500 on Monday. It technically is the second ro- lowest rated Daytona 500, but that's what happens when you have it on a Monday instead of a Sunday. Of course. But still, 6 million viewers for wow. the rescheduled Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me, are you telling me that a Monday Daytona 500 beat the NBA All-Star game? Yes. A Monday uh, Monday Daytona 500 that started at 4 p.m. 
Now, now the six million—that was what average viewers across the entirety of the yeah, race. Yeah, technically it was around five point nine, but yeah. So the last rain impacted Daytona 500 was in 2021. That got 4.83 million viewers, but that race finished on Sun. They said Sunday night, but I remember that was 1 a.m. on a Monday morning when that race finished. Yeah, and before anybody sends me the text, well, that was 11 points. I, I love how the NBA and its broadcast partners are spending that 11.6 million unique impressions. It's like, well, okay, wait a minute. When did we start throwing those numbers in to talk ratings here? Then right after that, it's well, yeah, but an average of 5.5 million. It's very strange. What else you got? All right, uh, moving on over to basketball. College ba This is an interesting stat that just amazes me, Kyle. UConn, of course, lost after being unanimous number one. They got bludgeoned by Creighton last night. Kyle, UConn is 0-21 against ranked teams on the road in the last decade. What? Yes, they are 0-21 against ranked teams on the road. But also, they have two national championships during this stretch. <laughs> That's very strange. Also, Dan Hurley threatened to beat somebody up last night, apparently. Did you see that? I, yeah, if I was that kid, I would uh, get out of Dodge because I think he means it. What did it, What was the exact – because none, none of the articles that I'm seeing are quoting him. I think – was it a lip-reading situation? Yeah, or, I think it was one of those things. I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, it was like, I'll, I'll kick your ass. Right, that sort of thing from Dan Hurley last night after, that, after the Creighton Blue Jays upset UConn. That – don't take that lightly, sir. Don't take no, that lightly. You know, Dan, we've had Dan on the show. We like Dan, but he's a fiery guy. Some might even say, um, you know, temperamental, right? I believe him. What else you got? And finally, I know you're a big fan of baseball, and Netflix is teaming up uh, with baseball as they have announced a new documentary exploring the Montreal Expo's departure from Montreal in 2004. You excited for this? Uh, any interest? Sorry, I just saw a breaking news headline in the NFL. I, I, I missed the last thing you said. What, what's happening? Uh, Netflix has announced a documentary for the reasoning behind the Expos leaving in 04. I mean, I got to be honest with you. That doesn't sound that I know the story. Okay. I mean, yeah, unless there's some bombshell that nobody knows. I mean, what? I, that's the question. Is there something I don't know? I'm not saying I know everything, but I think I know the gist of why Montreal, the Expos left Montreal. So if there's nothing new, I can't imagine I'm going to be uh, carving out two hours to watch this one. All right, we'll come back. We'll, we'll wrap up the hour. We'll tell you who balled out. I want to get back to some of the Panthers conversation we've been having at 5 o'clock hour wide open. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Nick Richards of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Billy on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. 22 ticks on the clock. Below, good protection, throws in the end zone.
performers, big time achievers. We call it Who Balled Out, and it's powered by High Performance Real Estate Advisors and the biggest baller of them all, Thomas Elrod. Go to highperformancerealestate.com and they'll see you at the closing table. Smoke what you got. Well, I'm going to the baseball diamond, and sorry, Demon Deacons, but UNCG. The Spartans got a massive upset win over the number one Demon Deacons in baseball as UNCG beat Wake Forest 4-3 yesterday. I like that. I'll go with the uh, Creighton Blue Jays, number 15, topping number one. Uh, They went into that game against UConn, having lost all six of their previous meetings with the number one ranked team in the country, never coming closer than 10 points. Well, they finally broke through on their seventh try, building a double-digit lead in the first half, knocking off the Huskies 85-66. Creighton led by 23 points with 10 minutes left, but they saw that lead cut to 10 before holding the defending national champion scoreless on five straight possessions, extending the lead, and the Creighton Blue Jays knocking off number one. Stephen Ashworth scored 16 of his 20 in the first half. Trey Alexander finished with 16, and Ryan Kalkbrenner added 15. Blue Jays knocking off UConn. That's who balled out. 704-570-9610. Hit us up with your thoughts. We are wide open, by the way, in the 5 o'clock hour. Would love to hear from you. We've gotten to uh, baseball in Charlotte, Brian Burns, little bit of college or a little bit of Hornets today, and of course a lot of college basketball. Speaking of the Hornets, Barron says, KB, I never thought I'd see the day that I'd be craving Hornets basketball. Some of the best team ball I've watched in a long time. Well, okay, I hear you. Uh, when you say never thought you'd see the day, probably within the confines of this season, yes, because this season has been largely miserable. And I think it's what put me in such a cranky mood on Monday too, because the All Star game has turned to crap that I'm just ready to watch the Hornets. And I would have never, to your point, uh, two weeks ago, suspected, oh, I'm going to be dying for Hornets basketball, (laughs) you know, come Thursday after the NBA All-Star break. But I'm with you, Baron. I want to see this team play basketball. I want to see a 13-42 and team play ball. Yeah. Real bad. I want to see if they can extend the three-game winning streak, you know, continue to play well around Brandon Miller. Um, You know, I want to see him continue to thrive. And really, I want to see if LaMelo Ball is back on Thursday, tomorrow night. Uh, Smoke, I believe they've sent three or four guys to Greensboro today. Is that right? Yes, uh, Nick Smith Jr. And Leakey. Leakey, uh, yeah, I forget who the third one was. Nate Mensa went too, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So that probably is a good sign that at least LaMelo's coming back. I feel like we kind of know that uh, Mark is probably going to be out for the rest of the year with the way they've been talking. Um, That's just nuts bad. Yeah, it's bad. It sucks more than anything. But uh, hopefully LaMelo comes back and he fits in right you know, well with this new squad essentially, and he can stay healthy for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, that, it, it's exciting. It's, you know, I'm not expecting them to win every single game. I'm just expecting them to be more competent and watchable, which I mean is just a massive improvement over what we've been seeing, which also just shows what happens if the Carolina Panthers could just be competent next year, how much fun, more fun it would be to watch them play in 2024. Compared I just, to last, I just want to watch competitive basketball. That's yeah. it. I mean, I, I want to see guys compete. I, I was thinking about. We were talking about this earlier, and I've been thinking about it all week. And you know, I just go back to Monday when I was in here ranting and raving about the All Star Game and how bad it is. And you know, some guy was like, "Why do you care, KB? It's an exhibition." But yeah, it, I, I care because it used to be awesome, and I care it's because because it's the kind of thing that you know, at least in my formative years as a kid, which are increasingly you know ages ago as I get older, but still. It was such an amazing event, and it was one of those things that as a young fan, you just kind of gawked at the TV like, holy crap, MJ and Kobe and Kevin Garnett and Shaq and 
Steph, and, and, and Allen Iverson and like they're all in the same place and they're playing hard against each other. Like that's not playoff caliber competitiveness, but they were, they were out there to prove something like guys actually wanted to earn. They, they wanted to become the blocks leader in NBA all-star game history. They wanted to be the steals leader in NBA all-star game history. I mean, now they're just jacking half court shots. It's, it's terrible, but it used to be an amazing game that, you know, so many of us younger fans loved. It's the kind of event that, just either brought people to the game, amplified their love of the game, and it's why I'm missing the Hornets. Give me some competitive basketball. This version of the Hornets, you know, led by some veterans, you know, Brandon Miller, LaMelo coming back, Miles Bridges playing some of the best ball of his career, right? All of it. Like, just give me that tomorrow night. I can't wait. By the way, they're out west. <laughs> I hate to deliver bad news. Um, they, are, they are out west for the next couple of games. So tomorrow night, they're at Salt Lake City taking on the Jazz. 9 o'clock tip. We're going to have an 8 o'clock pregame here on the flagship. Myself, Travis T-Bone Hancock uh, getting back together. But, yeah, 9 o'clock tip, 8 o'clock pregame. Can they extend the winning streak to four straight games? Well, here's the main thing to watch on this Western uh, West Coast road swing here. When do they play Portland? Uh, Sunday. That's a massive game. Not because it's... Scoot versus Brandon. Well, that is why, though. No, no, not for me. No? I, this is the best shot the Hornets have had to win in Portland in a long time. Oh, that's true. Because I it's not been since the bleeping Bush administration since they've beaten them in Portland. We're talking 08. It's been 16 years. That's right. We need them to win finally there. You, I'm waiting, Kyle, You can man. snap the streak and get, you know, Brandon Miller can get a head-to-head -head win over Scoot Henderson. I need this win. Okay. I okay. need this win. That if makes they, a lot of if sense. If they win one more game this year, wait, do they play the Heat again this year? Uh, maybe. Probably. I would. I suspect so. I'm well, going pu to pull it up right now. I'm looking at it. Heat, heat, heat. I'm not saying anything yet. Actually, I think they don't. Actually, you're right. They don't. Okay, so if they could just win one more game this year, I want it to be a Portland game just so we can get rid of this stupid losing streak okay. at the Moda Center. Okay, okay. Uh, Steven from Huntersville asking, is the game on ESPN? Is that game on ESPN? Smoke, you got the schedule behind you. I'm not recalling. No, uh, all the games that were on ESPN, well, the one game that was going to be on ESPN got, uh, moved, uh, got uh, flexed. It was the Spurs game. Mm. when the Hornets got beat by like 40 points. That was uh, Lamelo's first game back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 704-570-9610. RH hit me up and he said, you know what? Screw this. Let's get into Love is Blind over under on how many engagements work out. Listen, I'm not going to do that to the audience because it's not fair. I hear you, RH, because what inevitably will happen is when I bring up Love is Blind Charlotte edition, I'll, I'll get, you know, 50 to 60% of the text line that are in on it, that understand the references of like Chelsea, I mean, that the, the girl that ought to be charged with at least one felony for telling that poor guy that she looked like Megan Fox, and then the reunion with Jessica, and how it's all going to get awkward. I, you know, it's been killing me all day not to cheat on my wife and watch the next episode of Love Is Blind oh, while at work. Hey, you know what I mean by that. You, you had me in the first. No, no, half. Cu cu couples understand that reference. Like you don't, if you're watching a show together, you don't skip ahead without your significant other. I have no it's, idea. It's about tantamount that. to cheating. It's tantamount to adultery. Um, it is, it, it has been killing me all day not to watch this show, but I'm not because I don't want my wife to make me sleep on the couch tonight. But anyway, the other 30 to 40% will say, it's a sports talk radio show, you idiot. I don't, and I get it. I understand. I'm not going to be mad at him because I'm a lifelong hater of most reality TV, but I cannot get enough of this show. I've been anticipating getting home all day 
you know, getting the kids down to bed, saddling up next to the wife on the couch, and watching this this three-episode burst of Love is Blind, Charlotte edition, because it's incredible. And tonight's the night where you apparently see all the different locations, the bars they go to, the place that they stay. They had the cast stay in Pineville, by the way. Not in the city. They had them staying down in Pineville, I learned this morning. But it's amazing, and I, I can't wait to get home and see it. You know, maybe if enough people express interest, we'll do a breakdown. All right? <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll do a breakdown. But it is it's amazing, everything about it. Hour number three is next. We're going to get back into Brian Burns and the Panthers. Uh, we get to the, the updated story. Well, there's not really an updated story, but the story earlier today about baseball in Charlotte and a whole lot more. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.